Hello, and welcome back to Late Night Book Nook. I'm your host, Manasa. And I'm your host, Harshita. And we're back again this week with a new episode and a brand new segment once again uh, that we're calling Not So Late Tea. Um, so we kind of came up with this uh, idea because we haven't really been doing the late night spotlight the last three episodes. And we kind of wanted to dedicate an entire episode to the current events and, you know, some gossip in the book community. Yeah. And I I actually uh, brought this idea up to Mansa a few weeks before because I myself got this idea from a, one of my favorite booktuber, booktubers, uh, Jess Owens. <laughs> Go follow her on YouTube. Just um, just type Jess Owens and she'll show up. She does these videos called Book Community, where the end of you know the community she spells it T E A, which I, I love her. I love those videos. She basically does what where we wanted to do in this. Um, just talk about current events like Monsa was saying in the book community and just keep you guys updated as well as ourselves. So uh, before we get started on the actual article, uh, the topics. I wanted to give a little disclaimer saying that we everything we talk about today in this episode, uh, any quotes, anything we quote from other people, um, all the information, they've come from research we did from articles and, you know, videos from YouTube or anything like just research and all the stuff we've um, resources we've used to research. We will have them in the description box of the podcast, wherever you're listening. So if you wanted to check them out yourself, you can. Okay, let me get into the first topic, which is a little book called Light Lark by Alex Astor. I don't know if you guys have heard of this, but this has been a really big topic in the book community for the past several months, even Mm -hmm. before the book had come out. And Mm -hmm. it came out in August, by the way. So it's been a couple of months since the book is out. And then people have still not stopped talking about it. I still see TikToks about this, about people just... They have opinions. A lot of people have opinions about this, and we will yes. tell you ours. Yeah. But let me give you a little premise of the story is uh, behind this book. So on March 13th, 2022, Alex Astor posted a TikTok that now has two million two million views, by the way. And she posted a TikTok saying asking her uh, viewers or already followers or just she put out a, vid- a video asking if people will what people will read a book that's about an island that appears every hundred years and after it appears every hundred years there are these uh, kingdoms or that have to basically fight for the throne that's the premise of the book that's it so of course it blew up it got noticed by a lot of people and people reached out to her saying that yeah we would love to read it of course who wouldn't like you know like a fantasy world like this she was saying that it's like a mix of she marketed it as a mix of Hunger Games meets a Throne of Glass. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you know how famous a Throne of Glass and Hunger Games series. Of course, they've marketed it like that. People are going to notice. Right. And it's not even like the caught the eyes of some publishers, too. Mm-hmm. So, of course, the publishers, you know, they reached out to her and she's published. She's a published author now, which is pretty cool. Like, yeah. imagine, like, you post a video on TikTok just randomly and then you get published, like, you know a book yeah she's a new york times best-selling author <laughs> like every book is a new york times best-selling book yeah. but, so basically um how alex astor marketed this book is what people had a problem with even i felt like it's kind of sketchy but let me tell you how she marketed it and as i said before she wanted this book to be a diverse she marketed it as a diverse book there's gonna be a lot of diversity in it because she herself is a latina woman but 
her book was like a victim of tokenism because from what I read, there was one diverse, like one black character who was also the gay black black character as well. Right, I remember you saying tokenism. That. Right. Of course, there's tokenism and the rest of the characters are all white. So all the tropes that are just like you shouldn't use, mm-hmm. used. And people had a problem with it. There's a lot of TikToks of people just calling her out. And she also got like one star bombing on Goodreads. That's I another thing. That. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people before the book even came out, they went on Goodreads and just gave the book a one star because I don't know. I don't I think that was really unnecessary. There is no need for that. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe there were some people who read it and gave it a one star. Right. I get that. If you didn't like it, I did it too, but I read it. Some people were just like, no, why does she get to like, you know, why does she get this opportunity when I guess people thought like she's a plant in the industry. Mm-hmm. There's also like I've seen that. a lot like, of that, yeah. Yeah, so there was, I don't know. I, I wanted to, like, get your thoughts on it. What do you think? Do you think she was a plant? I, you know, I I don't know. But, like, in this, like, you know, we've talked a lot about book talk on this podcast and how yeah. publishers have really, like, jumped on this, like, train of, like, promoting books through that avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it could be a possibility. I, I'm not, it's not out of the, like, you know, out of the realm, but like, I don't know. I, you know, I was watching her on Kelly Clarkson, like, yeah, I know you sent me that yeah, like two weeks ago. And she was talking about how she hasn't, I don't know. She didn't mention it, but like, I also heard that this book also has a potential movie deal. I don't know if that's been yeah. sealed it, yet. Yeah, it is. Uh, is apparently it it's from the makers okay. of Twilight. Right. Yeah. I, that's what yeah. I heard. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know. It's again, I've, obviously, a lot of it is speculative, but I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. Yeah. In the which, like you know, I, I wouldn't put it past publishing houses these days to to go about doing exactly that. Yeah. So the thing is, people were also a little like uh, weary or like pretty speculative about how she got a like a movie deal before the book was even out. That's very common. That's actually oh, okay. very common books. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Because you know how so what some authors, what they do is along with the book, they write a screenplay with it and they right. submit that. So mm-hmm. that I could totally understand. Like you can mm-hmm. get a, mm-hmm. like a like a movie book deal. But how it just happened, how she was marketing this. Yeah. It, was, it rubbed people the wrong way. And it rubbed me the wrong way too. And the book, it, now getting to the actual art instead of the artist. Yeah. I don't have anything against Alex Astor. I think from like one of the sick TikToks I've seen of her, I think she's just like an author that just wanted to like have her work published. Yeah, and yeah. Mm-hmm. She's just a girl. I don't think she deserved the one star bombing. Right. But I think she needs to again acknowledge. It's not yeah. about like canceling. It's about acknowledgement. Like she did not deliver what she promised. Yeah, completely. I, I definitely on that end. It's she's that's definitely misleading your audience. Yeah. And they were definitely given something that was not. Uh, was not what she portrayed to put it on her TikTok. So, yeah, no, I definitely understand the anger of people who did read the book because it was built up to be something it really was not. No, it was not. Because the book itself, and I read it, so I can, like, you know, just talk. I can, I have the liberty to talk about it. It, it had a lot of plot holes. It had a mm-hmm. lot of plot holes. And I know it is the first book, and I think it's going to be a series mm-hmm. because she's writing the second book it just did not make sense things did not add up mm. and I didn't see any Hunger Games-esque or Throne of Glass-esque okay. other than 
other than the fantasy type, you know, it's it's in the fantasy genre, so right. that part is kind of similar. But other than that, I don't know. I don't know, Alex Aster. I think you have <laughs> you have some explaining to do. Yeah, I I mean, you know, this whole thing. I mean, the anger you mentioned, how people were like, "Oh, she doesn't deserve this. She doesn't," you know. I think that is very unwarranted because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, she did get a publishing deal and she did write the book. So yeah. it's not it's not to take away from that. But it, there is this like larger push these days, which, you know, we've had multiple conversations on this, how um, influencers and just how there's been this like huge push to just promote this book, promote it, whatever, at whatever cost. It doesn't matter what the content is. We're just going to mm-hmm. promote it and let it sell. And mm-hmm. I just it's taking away a lot from what I think it means to be a writer and to put out meaningful work. And it's really it is a disappointing aspect of what's been happening lately in this like trend i know i know but i want to know your guys's thoughts as well so just keep sure to i mean make sure to like just message us on like on instagram or something dm us because this is a very interesting thing like i've never seen this happen before i definitely yeah like, i definitely somebody- and it, it i feel like it's not gonna maybe be the last story it's gonna be one oh, no, of many in the future yeah yeah you're, you're right you're so right yeah but you know speaking of other stories <laughs> <laughs> I know Mansa, I'm getting heated. I know Mansa. One day, one fine day, she messages me, you're not going to believe what happened. The library got removed. I- I'll let you talk about it. Go ahead. Yes. So if you guys already don't know, um, early November, I believe, Z Library got removed. And Z Library, it's... Um, it's known as a shadow library. So it's usually like it's it's like an online database that collects at least like 10 million books and 86 million articles at its peak. And it, you know, it did get taken down by the FBI for copyright infringement. And copyright infringement is definitely illegal and it should be prosecuted. Um, but, you know, beyond like this, the removal of the website, there's just been this huge debate between writers and readers. And I kind of wanted to dissect both sides of the discussion, you know, and the tea actually in this story is that it was obviously, again, speculative, but this is what I've seen online is that it was actually Colleen Hoover fans <laughs> that allegedly exposed this website on TikTok. So um, this is where I got involved. I'm like, no, you're kidding. People are not happy with Colleen Hoover fans right now. Um, So yeah, so first and foremost, like I said, piracy and copyright infringement are illegal and should definitely be prosecuted. And there's definitely no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. But um, importantly, the thing about I do want to mention about websites like Z Library and other shadow libraries um, is that they do devalue the work of the author. And that does affect their livelihood. And this is especially true from marginalized authors, as you know, a lot of their sales are dependent on whether or not they will get um a follow-up book deal for what they've already written and I was reading a lot of articles and they were actually saying um how if you're doing your publishing through Amazon Amazon really uh is really strict about this where if they learn that another marketplace has this novel available somewhere and your exclusive your exclusive distributor is Amazon they will shut down their author's accounts so um there have been many stories of authors losing uh deals because of instances like this so um yeah isn't that crazy um And it's a very, yeah, it is. It it, it does suck for authors. They work really hard, especially marginalized marginalized authors who already don't get enough attention. Um, 
And so another consequence of this, especially websites like this, is that local libraries can lose out on patrons. And that's because pirated websites like this will um, often, what ends up happening is that uh, patrons stop receiving funding to order more books for next year for your local library. So that's another consequence of this. Um, but, you know, uh, the other side of the issue is, and this is where people, you know, it's really angered a lot of people, is it's the people who actually end up using this website is mostly college students. Yeah. And that's 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 where I'm really sympathetic to this side, um, you know, because when you think about the costs of textbooks and other resources for just one class, that can total up to two, 200 to $300 in some cases. And, you know, I, you know, I remember in my experience in college, there would be some professors who might just list a textbook and be like, go buy this. And they wouldn't even refer to it the rest of the semester. I know. So it's like, yeah, and it's like, exactly. And it's like, why are we spending this much money on something that we don't even use? And I, I, I totally and understand that sentiment. I know. It's not even like 50 or $60. It's like hundreds of dollars. Exactly. And that's for one class. So imagine how that much adds up for multiple classes if you're taking a full semester. Um, and so when you do think about the amount of money that's already spent on higher education, including like cost of living, food and paying for the class itself, it, it does make a difference, I think, where the student is spending their money. Um, but I, I, you know, I think this whole thing kind of points to like this larger issue within our education system in the United States. Um, uh, and I do I think that's why I'm able to kind of relate to why people do feel angered by it as a former college student and I'm sure that like you said like it's it's just I, I've just I, I remember so many times in college where professors would just make you buy a textbook and we never used it once I, I know same, same yeah thing. and yeah I do sympathize like you said with the college students on this yeah and you know I, I think like Throughout all of this debate that I kept seeing, you know, online and like everybody's like, I just want an alternative. Like, what's my alternative? What am I going to do now? I'm, I, I don't have money to put where I can find a textbook for class. And, you know, I, I was like, well, if it's not obviously it's not going to be um, an easy fix of this issue. Right. Because mm -hmm. you're not access to information and access to um textbooks especially because of how expensive they are it's not easy but you know one of the things that I did come by was um, the local library uh, your mm -hmm. local library does have access to archives that are legally obtained online so if you go up and if you go to your local library and sign up with your uh, with a library card they give you access to an online database that they um, are able to provide for their users so yeah. even though I understand some local libraries, they're not as extensive and that's because they're mm -hmm. not as funded, but I still think it's beneficial to check out some of these resources and see how they may be useful to you. Um, mm -hmm. And it's obviously it's it, it's it might not fix everything and it's, it's definitely not going to. But I think, you know, it's always worth trying. Yeah, well, if we everybody, you know, we, we both have <laughs> we both feel for everybody you know on both sides and the yeah. user yeah the library because yeah. I get it I totally yeah, get it. yeah it's like I mean I, I I feel like there's just a lot of things at play here when you're discussing shadow libraries and kind of like their effects from you know the author and the writer's standpoint and from the consumer standpoint 
mm-hmm. but um i think it warrants its own episode we should definitely do like a whole episode on yeah um, for sure it's just such a pressing issue and this is yeah. just first of i think you know um one big major crackdown on copyright infringement and piracy and so i do think mm-hmm. that's going to be developing a lot in the future too so yeah it is an interesting thing and i'm really sorry for some students and author I know authors are happy and I'm I I totally understand that but for students I I do feel for them yeah so we we hope you find something some alternative everybody except for that Colleen Hoover fan yes that is legal might (laughs) I add I would like to emphasize find legal avenues yeah exactly (laughs) yes so that's that Speaking of Colin Hoover, I have one last oh yeah tea to spill. It's not exactly yeah. tea. I feel like I'm like kind of making this a tea. Like I'm starting this. I'm starting. <laughs> you're starting. starting you're starting I'm stuff. Start, I'm starting. I want to hear it. I want to hear. Yeah, it. I'm starting stuff. And I want your opinion on this. I want everybody's opinion on this. But okay. I recently, I think of a week or two ago, I saw that on Bookstagram, Instagram. I just like to call it Bookstagram. That a special edition of It Ends with Us is coming out soon. I believe it's like sometime next year. And oh. first, I rolled my eyes, of course. Second, I'm like, the first thought that came into my mind was, is it really necessary? Mm-hmm. And what's so special about it? Mm-hmm. And there's, I, I looked into it, and the only thing that it's changed is, first of all, it's a hardcover, mm-hmm. more expensive. And the cover, like, it changed. I mean, it's pink. It's like the same, you know, pink theme as the original It Ends With Us cover. But it's a hardback. And it's like a little bit shiny, glittery, whatever it has a prettier <laughs> cover. That's it. There's like no other. What makes it special? It There's doesn't no, have. No, it, it doesn't have any extra like content or anything like that. Nothing. Well, no. okay. Is so I don't know. There is something I heard. The I don't know. I read this somewhere. Maybe it's just like in passing. I read it. It was like something, some extra chapter. That that was for Verity. There was oh, a for Verity. Okay. Yeah, okay. I even you know, I, I, that's another thing I wanted to talk about. Again, another you know special edition for Verity, which is other another one of Colin Hoover's book. Mm-hmm. It's the mystery thriller. It's one of her mystery thrillers. That came out like a few months ago. They had like a, a one chapter, like a just one. By the way. Oh, okay. Just one extra chapter, and it costed like thirty dollars. And of course, the only thing special about it was that the cover. You know, it's a hardback. The cover yeah. is a little bit shinier. That's yeah. it. You're not what doing makes, anything to the story, basically. What makes them special? Like, shouldn't you, if it's special, shouldn't you give your buyers or your, you know, your loyal followers or readers something more for that money they're spending? Right. A reason. Because as a reader myself, like, yes, I've been also, like, fallen to, a, like, I'm a fool. Like, I also, if it's like a special edition of, like, one of my favorite books, I'll buy it because yeah. I love it. Yeah. If you were releasing a special edition. When would you do it? Would you do it when there's something special that like, you know, it's like won a big award and that's why like it's either it's a 10 year anniversary. Do you think it should reach some kind of a milestone milestone for it to be like a special edition? What do you think? Oh, okay. I like that. So you think that there should be like maybe a statue of limitations on when. Yeah. Something like that. That's, okay. That's the word. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I, I totally get it. Uh, I think I think. Mm, yes and no because like when I think about like certain books that are like classics or something right and mm-hmm. they do have like that special 50th anniversary I think To Kill a yeah. Mockingbird we were talking yeah. about this how yeah. To Kill a Mockingbird had a special thing because a lot of the time what people will do is like with these special editions is that they become like collector's items 
Mm-hmm. So like it, it becomes like kind of like this um kind of like an art collection that people are trying to keep. And I, I admire that. But when it comes to a book that isn't offering anything new to the reader, isn't really doing anything that's of substance, I, I especially mm-hmm. if it's been released only within like the past three or four years, I don't think it really does anything other than just a cash grab going back to Colleen Hoover's and it's it ends with us I I think it's to pick up even more sales than what she's already drawing in I think that so it does feel like a cash grab to me um because again from what you're saying she's not adding anything new there's nothing really like of substance there um for her loyal readers so yeah, I just see that like sorry I was just looking at like what this book includes mm-hmm. and there's just like a Q&A of like Colleen who answering some questions mm-hmm. which some of our like paperbacks also have like she there's like you know oh, discussion okay. questions yeah and that they're like new end papers like the cover is different which it's not like I'll show you the cover like on camera I, I can't show it like see I like the original cover it's it's almost the same right it's just in hardback version. But I like, it. you know, the original cover is like, it's like more like, you know how the back is like almost like tan, isn't it? Tan? Yeah, 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 yeah. I like yeah. that more than this one. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, that it's a relevant question because it's also just like, it, it, you know, going back to kind of what I was saying about like how people are more conscious about where they're putting their money. Because like yeah. when you do think about textbooks, obviously textbooks are different from like fiction yeah. books. I think that this is the thing that I've been going after publishing houses a lot these like <laughs> last few episodes. But no, I, I, I think like publishing houses, sometimes I'm like, do you think that readers are this naive to like just buy whatever you're putting out there because people are very conscious of what yes. they're trying to buy um with uh the money that they have and i i don't think you're deceit you're not really like fooling anyone by like yeah, saying that like we're gonna put this out and you're gonna buy it from the publishing standpoint i think they are kind of miscalculating how readers yeah. are very they, i think they, they do just, know they're kind of manipulating us like they just they're taking our love for these books and using them as cash grabs yeah i mean that's like i I, you've solidified like if if i could attach one word to this like whole scenario it literally is quote unquote cash grab um have you seen any like collectors uh items that you feel that you in your experience have gotten like that you feel Um, only classics like if i were to like purchase Mm. um special editions it would just be for classics yeah, I think yeah, so it's just in my life. Yeah, I like that because, like, you know, I, I do mm-hmm. think, like, also, um, with To Kill a Mockingbird, if I'm not wrong, I do remember that they released some of Harper E. Lee's notes that she had written. I believe so in the fiftieth on the fiftieth edition year. I do yeah. remember they they released something very um mm-hmm. special about her process for writing the book. See, I think mm-hmm. that's so insightful. It is because when it I is. think about a book like that and why she wrote it and how mm-hmm. she wrote it, I think those mm-hmm. things are very like they do bring value to the reader. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. But what about you? Would you say it's only the like, classics you would spend your money on for special editions or anything else? I don't know. Yeah, I classics. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean... say that now though, but like if it's like one of my favorite books of all time, like that I read this year, like. And they release a special edition. Maybe I would purchase it. Maybe. 
I don't know. That's true. It. It. Mm, I'm trying to think. No, I, I, I think like you said, like, because you're saying that some books that you really admired this year that you might in a few years buy because mm-hmm. you don't, you don't, you just don't know yet. But, you know, right. I, I, I like classics. I can to- definitely see, like definitely mm-hmm. purchasing because that's just like, you know, um, a cool thing to have on your bookshelf. Mm-hmm. But as of like recent books, I don't know, like I, the only person that just comes to my mind is Ocean Vuong because yeah. he's my I my literary hero I love him so much <laughs> um Ocean if you're listening you're the best <laughs> I literally want to write poems like you yeah so people like him I would definitely like if there's like something that he wanted to kind of provide more insight into how he wrote like on earth were briefly gorgeous or something like that I would definitely go after it because I'm just I I would read anything he writes so definitely maybe something like that that's probably what I would go after but classics and then just somebody who resembles like something that's like modern literature and he very much resembles modern literature his work so I agree agree. you know what I thought about I'm like I will I don't mind supporting the author as long as they're not canceled or problematic (laughs) no literally that's so true dude that's another point actually because like you never know how these like Stuff might come out years later on an author that you really loved or like yeah. you just admired and you're like, oh man, like and I don't, I, I don't want to support this person I, anymore. I know, I know. And I am so, uh, I don't know if this is like a thing, like I should be proud of, I, I guess I am. I can say, I, I don't own any of Colleen Hoover's books. Like I have never spent money on them. <laughs> you just needed to put that in there. <laughs> I didn't need to say that. Not only her, like I'm not like just pointing out to her. There's a couple of other authors that have done some very problematic stuff I don't want to like name off some authors like calling them out well I can I don't really mind for example Sierra J Mass mm-hmm. like I have her beliefs and thinking are like not something I like they don't align with yeah they don't match yeah. and I've never spent any like money on like I don't I cannot support I get that I I'm the same mm-hmm. way like I wouldn't ever uh support an author that my views don't align with because that's yeah. no longer and obviously like you know, in, in instances like Harry Potter, for example, with J.K. Rowling's comments, like, yeah, you know, it's like I read those books when I was a kid and those she mm-hmm. made horrible comments recently. So I would in that case now would not support her. Yeah, it's about, like you know, the separating the author from the artist. Sometimes you just you just can't separate both yeah. of them. And it, it's like- that, that's where it comes into this point of like. you know people are like oh because that's a whole thing that's a whole other conversation about separating the art from the artist but like there are times and there comes a time when like their work and what versus like what they've said and how it's affected people makes much more of an impact and that's where it matters you should not be supporting people who are hurting people with their Mm -hmm. words so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't ever go out of my way to support someone like that for sure no you're you're totally right I yeah. agree with that. But yeah, that was that was fun. It was that so was much fun. fun. It was definitely yeah, I hope, fun. I know. I hope you guys liked it too. We will definitely be doing more of these episodes because I know like I can just I can because we look at we're looking at each other right now and Monsa just like smiling and laughing and I'm smiling and laughing. I just literally fun. I just want to keep talking and talking and talking. I was like, I have I so much to say. Let's go for another like let's go <laughs> for another team. Make something up. Like <laughs> <laughs> let's start stuff let's start like yeah let's start a fight with someone 
Um, no, but it's been really great. I, I really liked how, you know, we, like how we kind of came up with this idea and how we merged it. Um, yes. Because Late Night Spotlight was just something that we really do love doing mm-hmm. because we're always digging in and finding like some current event mm-hmm. and how you came up with like you were watching a YouTuber that you really admire yeah. and kind of just like merging those two things. It's It's been really fun. I really like it. I agree. And we do want to hear your thoughts about this as well. Like, if you agree with some of the things we commented on, or if you have any, like, book community that you have and you want us to know and talk about next, please let us know on yes. our socials. Come. On Instagram. Come DM us. into our DMs, yes. Yes, at the Late Night Book Nook on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. Just reach out to us anywhere. Um, well, yeah. You know what we should do? We should start featuring people on, like, these episodes. Just yeah. to get some of our like re- like our followers, if you guys want to like be featured on one of these episodes, like let us know. Like we can like yes. set up a time because yes. it's no, really fun. Yes. Yeah. All right. So thank you for listening so much. I am your host Harshita, and I'm Manasa. And this was the late night book nook. Bye. Bye. Thank you. And we're. <laughs> and cut. <laughs>